0: This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash Refugees. That's patreon.com slash Refugees. Enjoy the show. And welcome in. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast, Ted here, John here, let me just start by saying, we are here for you all. I know it's tough. I know that was not an ideal way to watch a uh, to watch a DC United game. Um, I know John's holding up because he gets to go watch his Nationals play in the World Series, so he's doing fine. I guess I have the Washington Capitals too. We'll get through this. It we will will we'll, we will persevere. We will persevere. We will not be held down. John, how are you doing my man? How how was your weekend?
1: It was it was good. I have I have a tale of woe to talk about aside from how this game went on the field. I have a, another an additional tale of woe to tell about it.
0: An additional tale of woe. Yep. An additional tale of woe. Well, go ahead, jump into it my friend.
1: So, I had decided that we were going to go watch this game in a bar with my friend who lives all the way in Loudoun County. So we tried to say, all right, what's in between Stafford and Loudoun County? The answer is Burke, Virginia. <laughs> if you've been to Burke, Virginia, you know that it is a place in Virginia. That's all that can be said. So we said, all right, well, where's the place that'll have it? Uh, Glory Days. Glory Days will show the game. So I called on Wednesday I said, are you guys showing the game? Are you guys going to have the DC United game? I said, yep. I said, all right, cool. And then I called on Saturday and I said, like, hey, guys, are you going to show the game? DC United game, like, yep, we've got it on the list. We're definitely showing us. Like, okay, cool. You you understand? T U D N is the channel you need to have. Yep, it's right here on the list. No problem. Cool. So we go, we arrive. Uh, they say, all right, we'll put the game on when it when it turns on. I'm like, all right, cool. We'll just wait here at this table. It's no big deal. And then uh, six o'clock rolls around and they go turn on T U D N and they don't have this channel. They have not subscribed to this channel. It's a oh, it's blacked out. That's the problem. No, it's not blacked out. You just don't have the channel. <laughs> so then they said, All right, well, no, we'll put on New channel 8. I'm like, Nope, wrong year. It is not twenty seventeen. That is not how that's gonna work or twenty eighteen. Try again. All right, well we'll what we'll just put on FS one. That's another soccer game. That's not that's not DC United game. That's not so we watched on my phone for twenty minutes. And then we Googled sports bar near me and ended up at this place called Hops Dog. I think it was called Hops Dog. <laughs> Hops something. Hops Frog. I'm sorry, Hops Frog. Also in Burke. Uh, where we were one of the only people there, and they set a reserve table out for us, and got to watch it in HD the entire second half. So it started well, uh, yeah. Started poorly, and then it went well, and then the game happened.
0: Yeah, I went out to. Um, I maybe had a little bit of a better experience. I went out to um, to Gus's Bar and Grill, uh, which is kind of which for a while there was kind of like you know the DC United hangout um, for the for the longest time. And so I went out there, uh, watched the game. Uh, it was crowded. There was uh, this thing called College Football on. Um, which apparently is a thing, uh, and the like North Carolina Virginia Tech game just would not end. It would just like go on perpetually forever with like kickers missing field goals and stuff. So uh, it was pretty rowdy. Um, and then uh, we like took over the bar for like a hot second when uh, Lucas Rodriguez scored his goal. And then I was like, "Cool, we're gonna sit in here for another thirty minutes." And then I left after fifteen because I was literally so angry and disgusted and just knew the season was oh man was over. Yeah,
1: I also the there was a guy there watching the Tech game. I guess and uh, their fifth overtime or whatever it was when he missed the field goal. I had just left the bathroom and this guy just kept yelling outside of the bath like, "Come on! Come on!" <laughs> After this guy, I can't believe I should have gone to UVA. Oh, I hate Tech. He yeah. was like literally talking to himself about 5 minutes. Like this guy's having a a moment. Are Tech ranked? I don't follow college football. No, at they all.
0: they're having a little bit of a better season, but they are not. They're in fact not ranked. Virginia was ranked for a little bit and then lost to Miami in that um, that pretty much, pretty much Got into it. that.
1: Yep, that ends that ends the college football component of any or every
0: RFK refugees going forward. That was it. <laughs> you heard it all. Yes, yes. Uh, that's all we know about college football. Um, yep. We're really, we're really kind of beating around the the bush here, um, and we really should just get into it. DC United um, played, despite my best intentions to not have it happen. DC United played a playoff game yesterday against TFC. Um, let's before we get into before we get into the set, you know, the the extra time period, let's let's talk a little about this game because I really felt for you know, and we can argue about whether Ben Olsen is coaching the right system, whether this is really the way to go, whether the players on the field can possibly play something else. Doesn't matter. This team was set up to play a particular way. And for about thirty minutes of that game in my opinion, they were executing that game plan. Um, TFC had very little. Uh, Pasuelo was very much a non-factor. They were pretty much reduced to looping the ball over the top, hopeful balls over the top, and hopeful that they would somehow find the head of you know really short players when DC has pretty tall defenders. Josie Altador is not there. Um, he would, didn't even make the eighteen. So overall, you're heading to the game thinking, okay, you know this is this 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 you know this is this is a pretty good uh, pretty good omen for DC. Um, and then um, I, I don't know if it was the cold. I don't know if it was the absolute reason we are even in the playoffs right now. Bill Hamid, incredible saves, a sort of looped ball over the top bounces, and Bill Hamid pushes the ball right into the hands of Marky Delgado. Delgado finishes. Uh, maybe you can argue the defense should be, you know, a little more you could argue maybe some better marking there. Uh, but I think Bill Hamid deserves a mistake because that's not a hard ball. He should have that. He should fall on top of that, smother it. And that shouldn't even have been an opportunity. And it very much changed the whole, how DC was going to get to the game. We'll get to the second half in a little bit. Um, but a big mistake and not the type of mistake. and, And then actually I did think I thought this was over. I thought this was done. I don't know if you had the same, uh, the same feelings. Oh
1: yeah, for sure. Um, You know, if anybody said, if anybody watched that first half and then most of the second half and was like, "I think a late equalizer is coming," they really have earned it. They've had a lot of the ball, (laughs) they have not squandered their chances at all, like in any way. Uh, No, it was no. I mean, everyone, everyone in the entire universe was shocked at the equalizer. I would say Felipe coming off, I think, had a had an effect on the game. I think, I think that was a Mm -hmm. sub that they didn't want to make quite so soon, Uh, although. You know, we're going to talk, I assume, a lot about Ben here. I think yeah. there's no there's no escaping that.
0: <laughs> no, Ben's perfect. But there's there's nothing nothing wrong, nothing going on, nothing. Ben great. is amazing. What are you kidding? That wasn't his fault.
1: But all that aside, the fact that he subbed on Kamara when Felipe was injured and didn't just say, all right, well, how can we re- reconfigure things exactly the way they were? What defensive midfielder can I just plug in here, and then we'll just keep going? So I give him credit for realizing we've been down a goal before, and he still didn't make that sort of formational change. And this time, he this time he put another attacker on instead of just doubling down. So, you know, fifty things against one thing for. I was I was happy with the substitutes um, and, the, and their timing. I would have had I would have had Acosta on a little bit earlier, though he although he looked completely butt when he played. Um, so, <laughs> what are you gonna, what are you going to do once again, Lucho? As I said, I think two two games ago, the man is a rusty a rusty knife anymore. So anytime he comes on, it's you're not probably going to get what you want anyway, and we didn't, and he did not make any kind of positive effect on the game.
0: Yeah, I mean the only really sub that I thought made a real positive impact on the game was Ola Kamara. He um, nearly made use of as as Toronto FC made a mistake, as, as DC made a mistake on the on Toronto FC's first goal. TFC made a really bad blunder when they tried to play the ball back and just literally looped a ball right to Kamara. It was so weird that one of my friends looks and says, who played that ball to Kamara? And I said, that was a TFC defender. He's like, how is that? or he was like, I think he saw these, like, how is Kamara's way offside? How is that not called? And I said, that was because it was played by a TFC defender. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the type of player that you get with Ola Kamara. He's very smart about where he is positionally. And he, you know, pushed a little forward. He could see the defender looking to pass back. He pushes up a little bit. Um, and it's a perfect ball. It's just a shame he couldn't, you know, finish it. Um, that I, the
1: one he shot directly at the goalie's die. Yes, yes.
0: Yeah. So,
1: yeah. What are you going to do? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. between both of our forwards had a real big problem with looking directly at the goalie and shooting directly at the goalie. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, you know, the, it should have ended 3-1. The game should have ended 3-1. We shouldn't have worried about extra. We shouldn't have had the complete and epic collapse that we have faced. I did say while watching the game, and we'll we'll get into the. I mean, there's only so much to say about the about the extra time, but I did say right before the equalizer that if they do score, there's no defenders left. This is going to be a very. You get your two center backs, and then it's just who knows. Once you once you brought in uh, Emma Boateng to be your left back or left, Mm -hmm. like things could be a problem if you try to have to defend. And it turns out that is exactly what happened. That there was no answer. There was no answer at all in extra time. Uh, and they were just lit on fire. And I think the, I think I think both Fred and Birnbaum were just completely roasted
0: and you, cooked, you know, and, and we can talk about the goal. I mean, it was it was you, you. This is like the second time. It's like the second time we had it last season in the playoffs, too, with De Leon's goal, which we'll get to him in a minute, too. Uh, where it's like, oh my God, this is a moment. This is a moment, like this is a playoff moment. This is a game like we're going to talk about, you know, putting the ball into the, you know, Rodriguez, you know, cleaning up on a corner kick, putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, That's something we're going to talk about for a while now. Um, And uh, then it, it it very much feels like the team, you know, maybe it wasn't everybody. They got that goal, they went into extra time, and the team was just like, okay, now let's, you know, uh, <laughs> sorry, Jack questions. Uh, it was almost like the team just kind of just gave in and just said, okay, that's it. We're done. All right. And then it came from a cop, you know, Bradley dispossesses Acosta. They allow, you know, Michael Bradley to run through the midfield, lays off a ball. I can't even remember who scored the first goal. Um, but it was just a simple layoff and you know, no one closes down and boop, it's, uh, it's two one, and it was literally. I think it was. It was. I think it was about like three minutes into the first into the first extra time, right?
1: Yeah, it's all kind of a blur.
0: Yeah, at that point, yeah, it was just happening so quickly. I can't even remember like the the goal after that, the third goal. The, I remember the fifth goal. The fifth goal was Nick Dalio. and that was that's just the an, one to remember. Yeah, and that's just an absolute cracker of a goal, and it was just like at that point it was rubbing. I think he even subbed in like Patrick Mullins, so it was literally like Greg Vanny being like, "I'm just gonna take like your face and just rub it in." um just just absolutely absolutely rub it in and good uh, yeah good right
1: <laughs> yeah I, I remember who said it on Twitter I don't know if it was Pablo or or someone else it might have been Kim McCauley was basically like he he is he is putting it in DC United's face and no DC United fan is pissed about it we're all like yeah dude that's cool like I totally, <laughs> totally get it we're on your we're, we're team Deleon not we're obviously don't want Toronto to win obviously but if 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 Nick can continue to like shove it in their face, um, that's fine. I yeah. Mean, if anybody can do it, if, if anybody gets any joy out of that, I, I, it should be him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's what what can you say? I mean, we all love Nicky. We all those he was a player for such a long time. It it's very hard to be upset um, and to see the success he's having. And you know, by golly, I'm probably going to be rooting for him in the game against uh against new against New York, um, for sure. Um, to see him out there on the field. Um,
1: he looks like a different guy now. Yeah, with, a, with his hair situation that he's got going it, on. Not even just his terms of play. That's you know also true. He looks he looks as dangerous now as he did in his rookie year, and at no point since.
0: Yeah, which yeah. is
1: sort of a bummer for DC United fans. But you know that's the way it goes sometimes. Sometimes players need that t- change of scenery. Uh, if you remember, Chris Pontius had a change of scenery. I mean, before his body failed him again. He had one really good year, I believe, in Philadelphia. He had an okay year in LA. Um, his body is—he's getting old now. He's like dusty, like me. At, I think he's probably 34, 35. Um, but uh, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you just gotta you gotta get away from the coach. You gotta get away from the training staff. You gotta get away from your friends and family that live around where you're from. Whatever it takes. And this has obviously suited him. He is—he has is done extremely well. Uh, and. Could not have happened to a better dude.
0: Yeah, and it's almost like it's almost sometimes you just got to get a little uncomfortable. You you got to go to a situation where you you don't know what your spot is, and I think that's what Daleon went into, and I think that's what um, that's what uh, Pontius went into. You know, he he knows what TFC is, and Pontius sure knew what LA was. And sometimes, you know, you knew when you were in DC, you were going to play some type of role. You're going to be a role player. You're going to be a starter. In, in Pontius's case, so I think you know, those types of changes of sceneries. Now you've got a, you know, a team's taking a chance on you. You want to make the most of it and you want to fight back. It can be a change of scenery can, can do wonders sometimes for a player um, in, in, in a lot of cases. You've seen countless players. Look at um, Opara had a down year with KC, gets traded to, uh, to Minnesota becomes defender of the year. Um, it, so, I mean, that's just the type of thing. And so I guess, you know, looking at that, um, I mean, that was a move that this front office made, and they chose to get rid of. And we were all saying at the beginning of the season, we're like, you know, oh, we hear about the knee problems, we hear about this and that. Um, that was a mistake that this front office and Ben Olson, his coach, made. Taking that segue into, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the uh, the six foot elephant in the room, which is Ben Olson. Um, let's let's preface this: uh, Pablo Mauer and Stephen Goff are both basically reporting that. From their sources, the team is still very much probably going to keep Olsen next season. Um, unless, you know, hey, a game like that can cause some, That a game like that, if I'm in the front office, I'm looking at that game and I'm like, hmm, that game causes you to think. That's an important game where you just watch your team just completely collapse and fall apart. Um, you know, you can, you can look at sort of collapsing out of the playoffs and, you know, absolutely Ben Olson's gone the way he recovered this team, the way he never really lost the locker room. You know, those are the things I was saying at the beginning of the year. And, and that's something that, you know, Stephen golf was questioned about it. And he said, look, he hasn't lost the, he has never lost the locker room. And, uh, that is a, an undeniable trait, his tactics and, and his, uh, execution of some of his, of some of his player management can be, can be questioned a little bit, um, I don't know if this maybe this type of match might make, you know, Dave Casper, the front office, the people who are actively involved in in sort of the management of the team kind of maybe take a second step back and say, "Hold on a minute. Like, we just watched our team just get absolutely embarrassed, give up the record for goals in an extra time period." I don't know. Uh, I think we've all kind of been Olsen out. I don't know. Do you, do you think this game could potentially change anything?
1: No. I I I think, I think what happened here is we all got on the same page. We all said, it's time for a change. We need to do it another direction. And then we remembered that, I mean, some people always knew he was under contract, but now with all this conversation about the fact that he's still got two more guaranteed years, twenty, mm-hmm. till 20 through 2021, right? Mm-hmm. This team, here, here's the problem. This is, this is how I read it. The team clearly needs to change. There clearly needs to be a retooling, a redirection, just making changes around the periphery of this is is not going to do. At the best-case scenario, there are so many players coming leaving. The best-case scenario, if you're just sort of, you know, messing around the edges with this and keeping Casper in place and keeping Olsen in place, the best-case scenario is you get right back to where you were, which is a playoff one round and out. There needs to be a step back so you can take a step forward. Uh, If this team has aspirations to go beyond that, they have to – change the way this team can play, not necessarily has to play every game, but change the sort of uh, the variations in the way the team plays, or we're going to be stuck where we are. So why I want Olsen out is not anything specific that happened, particularly in this game. Like I said before, I think the subs that were made were made in a way that we got to get this goal come hell or high water. We got to score and keep this game going. They did that. And then they were in a position where they got, they just got exploded. And it's a bummer because of the way it turned out and the scoreline and it looks horrible. Uh, And it was, it was very awful, Uh, but I I understand kind of why it happened. Um, But I think that this team needs to change substantially and you can't change. You can't change by staying the same. You can't keep all of the decision makers in place and think you're going to change in a big way. They're going to identify players the same way they always have. They're going to value the same things they always have out of players. Uh, And, the problem is I think that that two year, that two year extension is a, is a barrier for this team. He wasn't making a lot of money, but they don't like to burn money if they don't have to, the players that they've bought out there, there's, there's like weird MLS rule situations going on there that some of the salary gets taken by another team. So they're never really fully on the hook for what they owe. And, Ben is not making $100,000. He's making decent money. So to have two years of dead money, even if they there's talk about reassigning him, that's not going to happen. He's not going to go to the front office. He's not going to go coach Coach Loudon. He's not going to man the papusa stand, although that would be funny. That would None be. of those <laughs> things are going to happen. He's either going to be the coach or he's not going to be the coach. And if he's not the coach, he's also not coaching anywhere else. This man is not, unless he goes to USL, or, he's not getting another MLS coaching job. It's just not happening in my mind. I don't... Not because he's bad, but because the the his affinity with the team is what buys him this goodwill that he's had for the the amount of time that he's had it. The, his duration, he would not have this leash anywhere else.
0: Let, let me let me put it this way: If Curtin Anolfo can get a job coaching in MLS, he, it basically that it, even if Ben Olsen was let go from this job, I could see some of the more budget conscious teams. I could see a team like. FC Cincinnati, I could see a team like Colorado, Orlando, a team maybe looking for a guy who knows the league and who who knows how to coach in the league, maybe taking a chance on him, if he were to lose the job in, in D.C. I, I don't agree with that necessarily. I think there would be plenty, and there would be plenty of fans, I think, that would look at that and say, hey, this guy's gotten this team, gotten teams to the playoffs. He's overachieved with budget-type rosters. So uh, I don't know necessarily if I get that. Once once Alpha was hired again after a disastrous season in DC and then a disaster and, and a pretty pretty disastrous time in Kansas City um that completely blew away any idea that any any coach in MLS could never be hired again but um, Ted
1: he killed it for LA Galaxy 2 for half a year
0: that, that's true and that that could be a situation with Olsen where he goes and coaches you know <laughs> I don't think he wants to go anywhere else yeah. I, I he has made comments
1: in interviews that very much sound like if I'm not coaching this team, I'll just go do something else. I don't I don't care. Yeah. I, if I'm not coaching, I'll be with my family. I'll do something else. He seems to me like a guy who'd be like, all right, well, what's next? Yeah. I want to stay in D.C. I'm not moving. I don't want to move to Loudoun. That's for damn sure. <laughs> so he would probably be like, it's all right. And the, In the end, I kind of came out ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, by the way, I'm opening the phone lines around 202-905-0454. Call in if you want to. Talk anything. We have our producer listening on the line, so he will be able to answer your questions and calls and screening for people who want to disrupt. So, uh, call in. What are your thoughts? Are you Olsen in? Or are you Olsen out? Or do you think the team is headed down a bad path? Do you think? Give give us some uh, silver linings, maybe some hope. I like to, I like things. I like to keep things positive.
1: There As are I- there are a few Olson in people who unfortunately can't make the phone call. Can't make this podcast, but. Uh, I think I think eighty percent of the people who have an opinion seem to be Olson out. Yeah. Now at this point, granted, the day two days after that performance, you got to you got the <laughs> you got to like decay over some time uh, for you to get a real a real read. Um, but there, I mean, if you've been following, if you're like me and, and follow all these players on Instagram, like Ben uh, Bill Hamid's like farewell post sounded very much like that could be it. Like he's like, I want to win again for this team someday. Uh bye guys. Hope <laughs> I don't control my destiny. So hopefully I see you next year. And, and Ariola was the only one that was like, we're gonna do this thing in 2020. Grant, you know, these things don't mean anything, but at least like he was one of the few players that was definitively saying, We screwed up. This is not what we wanted, and we're gonna fix it next year.
0: Yeah. And uh <laughs> And uh, we have uh, Gregory Koch on the line. Gregory, what's going on, my friend?
2: Uh, hey, so I've seen people say online Olsen's a terrible judge of talent, and that's one of the reasons people hate him. I don't think that's true at all. I think that's missing the point. We had we had this year a very talented team. It's just If we had the right coach, I really think we could have won MLS Cup. But Olsen couldn't do anything with them at all. He just you saw how he completely mismanaged Lucho for the whole year and completely mismanaged just about everyone. I mean and meanwhile we saw Bruce Arena doing one do, completely turning New England. A New England team with no talent around. So but just a good coach makes all the difference. A bad coach makes all the difference too in entirely the wrong way, I think. Olson or whoever was judging the talent did a pretty good job. It's
1: just Olson completely mismanaged it. So so go go ahead. Uh, so if you so re- replace Ben Olson with a MLS replacement level coach, Bruce Arena obviously not is not that he is he is, has a much more esteemed position in MLS lore. But just you know, replace him with Jason Kreis or other disposable rotational uh, uh, coach uh, MLS retread option. Where do you think this team finishes if you give a league average coach? Where do you place Ben in that sort of, you know, hierarchy?
2: Well, last year's, this year's team or next year's team we're talking
1: about. This year, if if this year there was a different coach, where do you think we would have ended up? Like a just an average coach. An average coach, I'd
2: say an average coach, I think we could still finish pretty high in the Eastern Conference. And if we actually had a good coach, like I said, I think we could win it all. But even with an average coach, I think we maybe, at the very least, probably make the Eastern Conference finals. This is probably talent-wise the most talented team in the Eastern Conference. Maybe NYC, but we just, maybe Atlanta too. But we couldn't do anything with the talent. is the thing.
0: no now, Greg, I I do not I want to kind of I w I wanna kinda I wanna focus in on the whole the, the mismanaged portion because it what 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 do you when you're saying mismanaged, you said he mismanaged Lucho. Uh let's be clear. Okay, Lucho had a great second half of twenty eighteen. Um he had a pretty bad start to twenty eighteen, he had a pretty okay twenty sixteen, he had an okay really if you look, I think at his numbers, his numbers aren't really too different from what numbers he really i mean 2018 almost looks like an anomaly compared to all those numbers i'm i'm i am i am not convinced that he did anything necessarily wrong i mean in mismanaging Lucho, I'm my interpret how, how I guess I'm interpreting it. He gave him plenty of chances, plenty of opportunities. It wasn't working. He gets benched. It's not really difficult to to really understand it. In my opinion, he made the right move. It would have been very easy to keep Lucho out there, so he's my best player. I have to play him. But he made a choice and a decision to get this team right. back on a path to, to to making the playoffs. I don't I don't what what do you that's what good do you
2: that's mean point, though, also, I mean you really don't know what happened behind closed doors, obviously, but the only situation with the PSG transfer that fell through, I think, who showed in life that Olsen needed to sit him down and have some conversation with him, saying, look, look, we like you, but we understand you want to further your career. We're sorry the PSG thing you didn't work out. Keep playing your, playing your heart out, but Play, keep playing as hard as you can, as hard as you did last season, and we'll try to make things right and and I think stuff
0: needs to happen off the field that appears not
2: to have happened
0: yeah I don't don't know 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 what happened you know we don't really know what happened behind closed doors uh clearly Lucho regressed but uh uh Greg thanks so much for calling in man uh you've been awesome this season and uh and and uh yeah we'll we'll catch you we'll catch you next year we'll probably we'll probably keep doing some live shows Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't I, see this is and this is what and and, and this is what kind of gets me is is people talk about, oh, you know, Luke, you know, oh, you know, Ben Olsen's a bad man manager, bad man manager. If anything, he's actually been probably one of the better, you know, man managers just in the sense of keeping guys engaged and, and engaged in the team. And if you're not engaged in the team, he has no problem sitting you down. He is not yeah. the type of coach that's just going to keep playing a guy you know because he keeps looking for that 2024 he waited so long he moved lineups around i feel like to keep lucho involved in that team and it wasn't working um it just wasn't it, he wasn't producing he wasn't producing the same level so i actually give him a lot of credit for the what he did with lucho um because you know it, it's very easy to have an ego like that completely just tear apart your entire team and to his credit, it really didn't um the team still managed to keep themselves afloat um obviously if you if you looked at me and said, "Here's the year that you know that Luciano Costa is going to have, I would have said oh dear i we're either barely in the playoffs or we're like well in the bottom if that's the type of year he's having um and to to Ben's credit, he managed to get this team into a position to to at least finish comfortably in the playoffs there was never a there was maybe a question about you know again around like uh, September, but after that I think they kind of turned it around and really brought it and really where they really finished the playoffs comfortably. So I give him a lot of credit for what he did to sort of you know turn this team around. So I, I don't I don't agree with the, everybody's like no one likes coaching under Ben Olson. That doesn't seem to hold up. Um, we don't hear. Players talking, you know, we hear, you know, the Charlie Davies. Um, I know um, Branko Boscovich had kind of a, a famous bet, but it never evolves into, it, it never infects the whole locker room. It's always very reserved between the player and the coach. Um, and that's, that's an incredible, really an incredible skill set for a coach.
1: Wait till Ben moves on. Yeah. That, that's when you're really going to hear this. I think people, you would be dumb right now. If you're still an MLS player, I think you're going to move on. Ben Olsen is DC United still. He's Mr. DC United. It would not behoove your behoove your career to say anything negative about him at this moment. I think when he goes, there will be players that say something that have their that sort of air their opinions about. Uh, Ariola has said a number of things this this season in postgame and in, in interviews. He's not happy. And it's not necessarily clear exactly why he's happy. It's not just the results. He's not happy about effort. And he's not happy about some of the style uh, that that this team has played. I mean, he's missed like 37 goals, so he could. I'm sure he also looks at himself too for things that could have been mm-hmm. better. But I do think, I think that he has done a good job of not losing the locker room. I think we've talked about that already. I think that's because his default is to play the the Rudy card, like put everybody's jersey on the table and you say, you know, backs against the wall, they all think, you know, we can't do this. We're not favored. Benny ball they think we're just out here scrapping well let's show them scrapping and then they can do that and the players that generally have a problem with that or would it likely I think will say something about Ben later on are skill players that don't necessarily want to play both sides of the ball and mm-hmm. don't want to lock it in and that's why Lucho didn't play because he had no interest in that he's not going to he's not going to further his transfer value by playing really good defense
0: Yeah, it's
1: not he wanted to score goals and make goals and we weren't doing those things we were trying to win one nothing, and Usually succeeding in the second half of the year, um, so it just didn't. It just didn't fit. What he wanted to do didn't fit with the team. What the team wanted to do didn't require him to be there. So it's he didn't mismanage him. It just was a it was a square peg in a round hole. Yeah.
0: If if you want to call in about talk about Olson, we're gonna. I'm gonna. I want to kind of. I think we've said everything, you know. We're we're both firmly in the camp, and I know I've been kind of defending Olson, but I'm I'm kind of playing the devil's advocate with some people about Olsen because I think there is a lot of unfair criticism that comes his way, um, along with some fair criticism of, of Ben Olson. Um, I I think I'm on John's side. I think the team needs a refresh, a reboot, someone different, a different set of ideas, not just the same, you know, ideas. Trying again, maybe we're going to tweak something next season. Um, but, you know, let's let's kind of look at essentially what the team's going to look like next season. You know, we, we talk about Lucho. Lucho's gone. Uh, I don't think there's any 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 way to slice it. Uh, D.C.'s probably not going to want to pay him a whole lot. Um, the season he had, you know, seemed more like a regression back to the mean than like a continuation of what he did in the last half of 2018. Um, if anything, I think Lucho leaves a much more complex legacy with D.C., than uh than than Wayne Rooney um Wayne Rooney still put stats up um that that would be very that are very very good and, and the type of stats you want to see out of a out of a player like him you know we can talk about the last part of the season the red cards the suspensions this year that he just seemed to pile up um and and just and it really hurt sort of hurt the team and then the whole transfer and he didn't seem very it, it seemed like there may have been a loss of engagement we can talk about all those things, but the fact is, when push came to stuff, he still found a way to produce results, even when things weren't necessarily going his way. Lucho has had two good halves of a season, had a great half of 2018, and he leaves, in my opinion, a more checkered history. I was I was more ready to be done with him than Wayne Rooney at a certain point. Um, what, what type of legacy do you think Lucho Acosta, assuming he leaves, which I think we're all under the impression that he's going to leave. Yeah. I don't think there's any impression. What, what kind of legacy do you think he leaves? Well, I think Wayne to me was a, I don't want to say
1: mercenary, but kind of is a mercenary sort of brought in to do a job. The job, the the definition of the job is questionable, right? We don't know for sure. Theoretically it was to win trophies, um, really it was to reestablish DC United's brand presence basically both in the market and in the world he did that he and he gave us moments i think both of the players if you're looking at it what did they give us lucho gave us a one trophy in his duration he was there for 13 wasn't he no he was not he was not there for he 13. didn't even that nope. so no trophies nope. for either no, one. Trof-
0: no trophies for either one nope
1: i think that Lucho's i guess you count legacy. like
0: did they win the armadillo maybe did they win that armadillo trophy charleston the charleston challenge cup or um, maybe possibly who knows um the, I think Lucho,
1: Lucho is about potential unfulfilled. I think really was what it was. I think that he showed what he could have been in the one half, the one half magical season last season. I think that he, he feels more DC United, obviously. I think just both from a duration and from like how he came young, there's no other team that you associate him with. So he's still ours much more than Wayne is, but, um, I, I love the, the complicated nature of his output. I think that he was infuriating and magical and somewhat equal, you know, equal portions. He's not a club
0: legend for nope. sure. He
1: does not he does not, nope. he there, does not there, measure up there. There will be no there will be no statue of Lucho. There'll be no
0: Hall of Tradition induction for Lucho, in my nope. opinion. Nope. There
1: won't be. But he was exciting. He created excitement in teams that were completely bereft of excitement. He yeah. gave he was he was the the good ride at the shitty amusement park. He was he was the the one good thing about so many of these really horrible teams. So that's that you know as some you, you and I both were heavily invested in these horrible garbage teams, <laughs> trying to turn players that were absolute trash. We were convincing ourselves that they were actually promising players, despite the fact that when they leave this team, they went nowhere and they couldn't find a job anywhere. But we were like, oh, maybe we'll compete. Uh, but Lucho gave those games something. Um, and now he moves on, and we'll, we'll. I think we'll still miss. We'll miss the good times. We won't miss the bad times, and hopefully, we find a replacement in the way that brings a little bit of that excitement consistently, but also doesn't maybe have the same lows that that Lucho brought.
0: Yeah, and. You know, I it, it, it's complicated. You know, he's not getting a hall of tradition. He he brought us some good moments. I got he was the I bought a new jersey and have him on the back of my jersey. And you know, I wouldn't trade that up. He was so awesome in 2018 that I felt I had to go do it. Um, I had to have him on the back of my jersey just because the stuff he was doing in that season. I almost want to go back. I and I wish MLS like soccer, uh, the li- MLS live still existed because you could go back and watch those old games. I would love to just sit through. And just kind of watch the like the Orlando game, and just watch every game that sort of preceded that, um, because of just the scintillating football that was played there. And, and Lucio was certainly a part of that, um, certainly a part of that. Um, no, no, no question about it. No question about it. He was a part of that, and it was. Um, it was incredible to watch. It's just kind of a shame, you know, like everything that kind of happens with DC is. And what's been happening since really since 2004 is we get these little glimpses of things that we that we see maybe this is going to develop into something. And then it all just kind of like dissipates really before it can really collect. You know, you look at teams – You look at teams like I'm trying to think of like teams that built. You look at a team like Atlanta, who started out, they finished fourth, and they just building, building, building. Now they're down, they're sustaining. You look at Seattle. Seattle's ridiculous. They they have made the playoffs every time they have been a team. And they're not even spending the crazy amounts that they were. They're probably and in the Western Conference. Yeah. So they it, did it in
1: a harder conference.
0: Yeah, they're they are doing it in a harder conference. Um and, you know, you look at you, you look at teams that have just built like sustainable monsters in this league. And DC just kind of they have this, they they can never quite get it to that point. They always have like, you know, a flash. It's like almost like they have a flash in a pan just consistently. And it, it's 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 every season. Um, that being, you know, that all being said, I I'm not as gloomy. Okay, so let me preface about it. I'm 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 Olson out. I think Ben Olson should leave. I'm not so angry at the fact of Ben Olson coaching this team that you know I'm 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 going to just not even say that the season the season's going to be terrible. The lineup the the players that are back and then possibly coming back. I'm not sold necessarily that Ben Olson. Sorry that um, that Bill Hamid's not going to be back. Um, I think they can figure out a way to bring him back. Even if they don't, I think they're looking at a, a keeper from Rangers. Um, so, um, so, so yeah. So, I, I'm there's still a decent lineup here. We're already getting. We have Ola Kamara. He's going to get a full off season, a chance to build. He essentially fills in Rooney's role, and he can certainly replicate Rooney's goal production, and possibly maybe for a little bit of a sustainable year, maybe a couple years. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of how I, that's kind of how I look at it. This team is still very good. They've got a lot of talent. You've got, you know, Yamil Assad. there's still a good base here. They're going to have to replace some big names. They got to find a, another player to replace Acosta unless you really think, uh, unless you really think Lucas Rodriguez is going to be the Acosta replacement, which he does a lot of good things. I'm not sure he's that. Um, but you still would probably want to look for somebody maybe to compete in that position. You're also going to have, um, you know, you got to figure out your left back. Leonardo Hara, who started out fantastic, is probably not coming back. You got to look maybe at center back. Can you get another year out of Frederick Brilliant? So there's a lot of question marks, but there's still a very much a good base. And this is still very much a playoff team. So
1: TT is the Kirkland's brand Lucho. I would not I (laughs) I would not necessarily say I I don't I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that I'm not turning the keys over him unless you're talking about this is a budget year. and We just can't spend money. And yeah. He's two million dollars, and we know sort of what it will get out of him. So, I mean, not only that, oh. the positions you named, also right back, O'Neill Fisher is not should not be able to walk into this team after a year out of injury, with no he's not played at all, like not even any USL games. And there's talk. I mean, uh, Steve Goff's article today was was basically positive, like, oh well, you know, he's he might he maybe you're starting right back, he might be, but you can't not sign anybody. I do not. Yeah. I do not think saying Russ had a decent run there and that's, that's our plan B. I don't think that's where you get the most value out of Canals. This was, that mm-hmm. was a, that was a, what are we going to do? The the sky is falling. Where can we, how can we fix it? Yeah. If you have a whole offseason to plan. That's not what, that's not it. That's no, it,
0: Chief. you can't, you can't go into thinking this is, we're going to play the way we played these last five games and that's how we're going to, God, no, no, yeah, no, you can't do that. You, you literally can't do that. And it's, it, it's, it's really on. This is, in my opinion, on the front office and on the ownership. Okay, you guys. You know, yes, you got out of the flow deal, saying that you know you don't maybe you're not going to have the TV money coming in. Um, I think uh, I. Uh, it seems to me that um, from what we've heard from Pablo, he's guessing that they're going to go with ESPN Plus. Um, who knows what they're going to go with? They might go with if they go with Comcast. I know they ain't getting much money for that, and because no. certainly Wayne's not involved in that. They might pay. Yeah. Like the old days. Yeah, yeah. Be, we'll, we'll see. We'll kind of see what happens. That That's going to be an interesting thing to sort of come out of it. So they're out of the flow of sports sports. The money's not there. But they're not having to pay, you know, $5 million worth of Wayne Rooney's salary. So I want to see them take that, you know, it, maybe not the whole $5 million, but at least some of that money and put it into a player who can be impact. It doesn't have to be Mesut Ozil. It doesn't have to be, you know, a big-time European player. Because the most important thing, the most important thing, that you can do in in the DC market is win. It's there are certain markets out there. I, I I really do believe there are certain markets out there where you really just have to put a winning product and people will show up and people will pay attention. DC market's one of those markets. Um, you look at you you look at you know places like LA. You look at places like you know New York. You need big stars and you need to win. Really in DC you just need to win. You know the, you look at the Nationals don't have – they lost their really their big-time player in Bryce Harper. They put a winning product out there. People pay attention. The Mystics, I know um, one of their players I think is is pretty well-known, um, but the rest of them are good. They still got a lot of people to pay attention and to, to show up to their games. It's a matter of you put a winning product out there, people are going to show up. So that should be DC's goal coming up. What can we do to make sure that we put, we put wins? It may not be going after the – hey, if Nezodozio comes to DC and says, hey, I want to come to you guys, then by golly, try to figure out a way to get that done. But if he's not really sniffing or he's not really wanting to come to come around, then you need to come up with a plan B and you need to figure out a way to replicate the production you got from Wayne Rooney without having to maybe not maybe not spending all that money. We don't we don't I don't want this team to spend like in Atlanta or I don't necessarily need this team to spend like Atlanta. I want the team to be smart and I want them to be effective um, and I want to see, you know, a winning product out here. If you're sticking with Ben Olsen, then you think this is going to get better. And if we regress again, if we fall back down where we're sixth or seventh, and then we're and we keep falling, then the question is, what are you doing? Are are you just really, you guys really are cheap? You guys really are not really willing to spend, or you guys are acting like you're willing to spend, but not really, not really trying it. So this is uh, this is a big off season uh, for this team, um, and we I feel like we say that like every single. Oh, this is a big window. This is a big window. This is truly a big window. You're not having the Wayne Rooney jerseys coming through the door anymore. Um, you got the people trying to sign up for, for Ola Kamara and uh, your whatever players you bring in who may who probably aren't going to be as big a stature as Wayne Rooney. So, yeah, it, it's going to yeah, be it's, I mean, it's going to be agree uh,
1: about what the market needs. I think that this market now is flooded with people who like big events and like people and there's lots of casual fans on top of that. We always rank the DC market always ranks near the top for the EPL rankings and every pretty much all anything on TV. Uh, but I, honestly, I do think that the resurgence was driven by being able to see a world-class player every week.
0: Oh, no question. Um, yeah. Um.
1: And if you play, if you play winning soccer, that's not, you have to be so visually appealing to just win, to just to draw fans solely on the back of your play with a bunch of no names. That I don't think that's happening under Ben Olsen. You have to, you have to, you have to arsenal it up in MLS. You have to just like your play style has to be so unique and and definitive and known about, like and talked about. Like people have to be on MLS extra time has to be saying, you know, like this DC United plays swashbuckling, freelancing attacking play. They may not, they may not win every game, but they're gonna put on a great show. And Ola kamara has got. 39 goals this year and they're they cannot be stopped like that's that I mean obviously no casual don't listen to mls extra time but i'm saying it has to be so out of the out of the realm of what this team has been to bring in that casual without the hook that i i don't necessarily see us doing it i i am somewhat not depressed my enthusiasm is tampered i'm i'm somewhat or that i am not gonna have season tickets next year because if i don't see a change in leadership i don't see a major change in the team's fortunes for next year and i get I, I i you know reasonable people people can disagree i think that i'm somewhat of the hive mind here where i'm not i'm not necessarily super confident depending on who they bring in um you know you can always change my mind with a good window that's happened numerous times but I'm not counting on Yamil Assad to be great. Yamil Assad's had a year and a half off of that plane. I don't think we have a right back. I don't think that Ola Kamara, granted he, went healthy, can can score the amount of goals that Wayne has been able to score in his year here. I don't think he I, – I don't know that he stays healthy a full year. I think that he's had – he had a time off in China, and I think that hurt his durability for this year. So if he has a great offseason and he's – really committed to making sure that he's healthy as, as well as he can be, as he gets a little bit older. I think that's, that's good. And we need him to do that. Think about if he gets hurt again, like the way he's been hurt and, and carried a groin injury, they're obviously going to spend money. I think in the backup forward position, quits, he's probably not the solution of, of a guy you want to have starting. No, you need, you need serious, you need serious goal scoring that, you know, is not relying on opposition that can score against anybody and, and will, and is just waiting for a chance. So the, there are so many holes and even the the things that are solutions are question marks to me that I feel like it's impossible before this window closes to feel any kind of way positive, unless you just want to be positive. And there are good players, we're not losing everyone, but there's so much turmoil that's coming that it's somewhat on a hope and a prayer to be positive for 2020 in my opinion. Yeah. We can
0: just Yeah, to disagree. It, and maybe it's just me. You know, I, I know there's going to be a drop off. I, I just look. I, I do sort of look. Maybe and maybe I'm looking with rose-colored glasses. I, I look back at those, at the days, and you know, maybe this this is just unattainable right now. It was just you know a flash, a flash in the pan, like everything else we've talked about with DC between 2004 and 2007, when they just played scintillating soccer and they didn't do it with. You know, amazing talent. They had Gallardo, I think, in two thousand eight, and he was like the highest paid player they had signed for a million dollars. Um, for a million dollars, yeah. right? Um, so I, I guess I look back on those types of days and just how much fun that team was to watch. And the 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 crowds that showed up were still very very good. They still sold. Yeah, there was a drop off in the middle of the year when you know. As you could it, also
1: get in for ten bucks then.
0: Yeah, fair. You know, but you've got a better you've got a better stadium. You've got a better facility that you can that you can sell a little bit. I'm I am I I I maybe will be surprised by the drop off, but I don't know how much I'll really notice the drop off. I, I think prob- it's a, I think that point you made though I think is
1: important to draw out is that when you're when you when you're at RFK and you can get in for ten bucks and you've got lot eight the threshold to get a casual person into the stadium. Granted, the stadium sucked but everyone knew it sucked and it was yeah. just the price doing business. And those people had been before when times were good. So you could coax them out there with a Heineken and ticket deal for $10. This is different. It's a different, it's a different world. Now you're catering to a different fan that sort of, you need the casuals that we were able to pull into audience and, and get them to spend 40 bucks on an end line seat was because of Wayne. So now what are they going to do to, they're not going to drop their prices for on their single game tickets. It's not going to happen. So I, I, how do they sell it? Good they're going to,
0: they're going to drop their prices. I mean they gotta they're gonna have to if they're gonna sell tickets. We'll I think I think you're gonna see a, a small little a, a drop off, so to speak, in what they're gonna sell for season tickets. I think I I have heard from fans they're re engaging with a lot of these fans trying to bring people back in um to that's the stadium. Great. I think that's gonna be critical. Um really, I think it's gonna be you gotta go to your roots and really try to make this about the fan again and make this about the make this about the uh uh, the fan experience, um, in in a large ways, and you're gonna lose lose the casual. You're gonna lose, um, the the Rooney fan. But I do believe that if if you play well and you win games, you are still gonna get. You're you're still gonna have the casual fan who's gonna say, hey, let's show up. They're playing really well right now. Or you're gonna there's gonna be an occasion where you're gonna talk to people and say, hey, why don't you come to this game with me? There, you know, here's a Groupon deal. Watch them; they're really good. And that's how you sort of bring in. Bringing fans in and bringing people, um, and it's—I think it's going to be a testament to see will people stick around. Maybe for a few, maybe for the first few games, even though Wayne Rooney isn't there, maybe they show up by accident thinking Wayne Rooney still plays. Um, it will be that—that that yeah. will
1: happen. You—you you can guarantee there's going to be some idiots like "Where's Wayne?" I don't understand because I sat through where they were very confused about Bill Hamid being back. Yeah, I got a good Twitter question. I think we should hop into. Okay, uh, at Candice Nuzzo says podcast question care to weigh in on the supporter group controversies? In regards to the flare fans getting kicked out and whether those responsible should be reported to the D C for front office.
0: All right, you brought this up. You start with it. I
1: think we can't not bring we can't I don't think we can not talk about
0: that. Okay. All right. Go you can start.
1: Yeah, it's fraught, right? I mean, like, you know, we have people who, of all those supporter groups that listen to this show. Yeah. Um, we've talked to them, we've talked to their leadership uh, you know, way back in the early days of this podcast. Made our bones on these supporter group controversies. There will always be a supporters group controversy. It is uh we are <laughs> Whatever the quote is from, we've always been at war with <laughs> Westphalia or whatever it is. That's we, there's always been some sort of problem here. Uh, that's just the, the nature of the beast. Now, so as if you haven't have you been living under a rock? After I believe it was after the Equalizer, uh, some members supposedly of District Ultras, that's all hearsay. We're just following on Twitter. Supposedly, some members of the traveling group for District Ultras lit flares in the supporters section. At BMO Field, and as a result, all of the traveling support were escorted out of the stadium and weren't able to watch extra time. Now, the sarcastic answer is, "They're lucky. Congrats! You saw the goal and then never saw it in the again. <laughs> you won. We all lost. You guys, you guys did well." Uh, but honestly, imagine if you had traveled to Toronto to watch this game, uh, and I- I've done it before. Imagine you've done that, and then all of a sudden, in a playoff game, and then Some folks do something that they know they're not allowed to do. They know exactly what's going to happen when they do that. It's not BMO security is not going to be like, you know what? Just let them do it. It's funny. I mean, they did score. It was very exciting. It's fine.
0: They did it before they scored, by the way, too. It was before they scored. They lit them off before they scored. Someone took video. There's actual video where someone's taking video of them. They have the flares are lit, and then he pans back down to the field, and that's when Lucas Rodriguez scores. So So maybe that's
1: what happened. Maybe they made him score. Maybe it was the, the flares <laughs> that made it happen either way. So my stance on this is that was dumb. I, if I were in the stadium, I would want them named. I would want to know who did it. If I were the bara, I would be asking that the ultras figure out who did it and then either keep them from traveling with the group in the future or have some other sort of sanctions. Would I do it in public? No, probably not. If I were a leader of bar, I would probably reach out. Maybe they have been. We don't know any of this stuff. Yeah. I would be reaching out to the district ultra's leadership and say, can we work on like, we have to work together on this. We can't develop a reputation here of, from a traveling group because they can just not sell tickets. There's not, there's no requirement. Mm-hmm. There's no rule. There's no law that says that they have to allow traveling support. If the, if you, if they decide that you are more trouble than you're worth and stadium security is gonna have a problem with you there, they just won't sell anymore. And then no one can go do this anymore. So it has to be addressed. Do I like the, the concept of tattling on people? Not in general. Um, but this is not, this is, a, I think a unique circumstance. You don't have to necessarily tell the team, but at the ultras, you know, this is all sort of, they're, they're loose collectives, right? They're not necessarily, it's not, you know, it's not like a business. It's not like being at work and your boss can get you fired or whatever, but like, you know, they, they do travel under the remit of the organizations that they, that they work with. So if I'm, If I'm, I think the way to handle this is to have the ultras say, we know who did it. We regret that it happened. They will no longer be traveling with us either for just this one year, five year, whatever, whatever, figure out some sort of punishment that makes sense that says we're going to stop this and we're not going to have it going forward. But I don't think you necessarily need to tell the team, but something has to happen. You can't just have this go unchecked and build a reputation. What do you think? Yeah. 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 It's hard. I'm, I'm, flares are cool. I just want to say flares are cool. But. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm. 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 I'm frustrated with both groups. I'm frustrated with some people saying, "Oh, well, you know, they're, they're, they're the biggest complaint." I think one of the bigger complaints was people who were not involved with it or people who like traveled up weren't really involved in the sports groups, but were sitting there anyway. Got kind of like everybody wearing a DC jersey. state security just said, "Send them out." Right now, here, here's one thing. Here's one thing I will say. Um what the security, I think, did, in my opinion, that was a pretty poor reaction to be like, you know what? Everybody get out. You know, it, I don't understand. The easy one, right? That's the easy route. Yeah, that's just like, you know what? Forget it. You're done. I'm out. You know, and that's and that's that's frustrating to me because I'm like, if he had just, if all they had to do was just look and say, okay, who's, who's holding the flares? That guy, that guy, that guy. Okay, you three, bye. You know, no, you can't do that. Sorry, bye. And they just pull them away. You know, I maybe they were just like we don't know. Maybe this will happen again. I am, and I dealt I dealt with this. There was an experience I dealt with at uh, at City Field, uh, at City Stadium, City Field, <laughs> City Stadium, uh, where you had a stadium staff that you know. First of all, I don't think. We weren't really, you know, we had a bunch of fans come from Wisconsin that bust all the way down to the game. So there was two huge fan bases they placed right next to each other. And we had a stadium crew that was not familiar with what the heck was going on. So they, he was like prepared, like we were going to like suddenly just jump across the aisle and start beating each other up, which wasn't going to happen at all. There was no way it was going to happen. We just spent the first game, the first part of the game, like having a tailgate with them. So that like wasn't going to happen. I think there are just there are stadium people out there that do not understand you know the 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 nuances of state maybe they don't need – maybe that's not even you know their job to do that it's not their job to do that I just feel like that's a poor reaction from the stadium to escort everybody out and to everybody saying well you know if you're if you don't want to sit in the supporter section then don't sit in the sports section because you know that type of stuff happens first of all I have showed you know you show up to games. If people tell me before they show up to away games, they have a ticket in like the opposite side of the stadium. They show up to the game, and they how wearing the team's jersey, they will stadium security will tell you and say, No, you're gonna sit over here, you're not gonna sit in your seat. Sorry, you're gonna sit over here because you're wearing your fan, and we need to keep you together. Um, that happens a lot in MLS games with the way the the structure works. I've I've heard many reports of, of of fans doing that. Doesn't matter if you bought you know unless you bought like a club premium seat. But if you just bought a regular general admission seat in with a bunch of Toronto fans, they're gonna pick you out and say point at you and say no 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 you're gonna go up here. So, you know, I, I don't know if that happened in Toronto, but that does happen. So I'm not really going to, I'm not really going to get upset at people for sitting and wanting to sit with DC fans. That's what you want to do. To be honest, if you, if you're traveling up and you're supporting the team, that's kind of what you want to do.
1: I've done that. And I was a member of supporters group three times.
0: Yeah. I did that. We, um, I did that when I went to RSL and went with my dad and we sat with, there wasn't even like an official contingent of fans. I think there was one guy I saw from the bar and there was a couple people, one guy drove from Idaho anyway. Um, but in in the same sense i if you want to go do that and you want to suffer those consequences that's fine i also think the bara the countless the countless going at publicly the public the way they've publicly sort of gone at it from the fan accounts from certain members i won't name who they are going at and saying you know oh you you know you guys are cowards you guys this this and yelling and yelling and yelling and yelling that type of stuff, it's almost like, it's almost like watching like two brothers just kind of squabbling and you just want to take both their heads and just knock them together and just say, stop it. Um, It it gets really frustrating and really annoying um, in a lot of ways. Um, And I get really frustrated with it because I hate, I hate it when we have to like waste time because it's a big enough story and we have to talk about it. I, I just hate that this is this is what this is what we have to talk about on top of the game we saw, which was awful. Um, so um, I think both sides share a little bit a little bit of fault here. Um, I'm sure the ultras will take the fault of what they did and say, "Yep, we did it. We wanted that's what we wanted to do." Um, you know, and, uh, I'm, uh, the bar, I'm sure also deserves, I think deserves a little bit of fault for how they've sort of gone after the ultras. Um, and is this, I mean, I was talking about, we were talking about this with, I was talking about this with, with one of my friends. Is this normal? Is this how all supporters groups are? Is there like just constant drama that just happens between these two groups? I don't I know. So. Yeah. What's that?
1: I think, I think that, I think that more often than not. Yes. I don't think. I maybe- just feel like
0: ours is very public. Like ours is just very much out there. I don't know. Well, I, I don't it, hear much
1: my- Ted. We're, we're, we're not your average bear fair, as, fair. Far as knowing the, the, when, 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 when you start knowing like imp- non-public employees of the team you follow and like people's screen names on like big soccer, like you're, you're, you're in deep, man. I, I think that most, I think other people that are in this deep probably have similar stories from different, from every team in MLS. <sighs>
0: I guess so. I don't know. I just feel like ours is just, ours just gets kind of ridiculous. Also,
1: these, also the divides have had a long time to fester, right? Like we're, yeah, we're old (laughs) and, and we've had old people fights. We've been doing this for a while. So it all, you know, this will pass. This will not be a story in two weeks or a week. Um, luckily, the season ended at the right time. I think some of that is frustration on how the game went. Some of the frustrations on how the season went. I think that in a different time, if things are going better, I don't know necessarily if this would have blown up the way it did, but what are you going to do? I think uh, so. Yeah. So to wrap up, unless we have any last minute phone calls, which I don't think we do. um, What a, what a bummer of a way to end the season. I don't think. I think it had to end like this. I think this makes sense. I think this makes sense from the way that the year went. I think it makes sense from the the level of transition we're going to experience as a franchise um in the post Wayne Rooney era that is that is coming coming to a theater near you very soon. Hmm. Um I think that we have it's it is funny to me how dissatisfied everyone it's <laughs> every almost everybody wants Olsen out which means for sure that he is not. That is a, that yeah. is a perfect like thing. We've all, we've all gotten on the same ship for once, but then we realize that it really doesn't matter. It never mattered. We have all been fighting, thrashing against a, a thing that we cannot, we cannot affect in any way. It's, so it's, it's, it's kind of rich in that way. It,
0: the, 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 the sad thing is, is that you can come up with. It's an excuse. It's a legitimate excuse, but you can come up with plenty of excuses for why this year didn't go the way it went. You had the, the Lucho. There were things that just are out of Ben's control that threw a wrench in everything. Um, there were just things that out, that were out of Ben's control that just threw a wrench. You had the, the Lucho transfer. You had Wayne Rooney, you know, becoming homesick or his whole family becoming homesick for England. Um, all of that stuff. It, it just, it's, it's, are you playing music right now?
1: I didn't know you could hear that. Sorry, yes. I'm trying to find closing
0: music. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah. Behind, I mean, the, behind the scenes Yeah, behind <laughs> the scenes stuff right here. This is what y'all show. what y'all wanted. Y'all wanted behind the scenes stuff. This That's is, right. This, this is, is it. This is it. It it's just it, you could you can come up with legitimate excuses for why things didn't go the way they went. Um, you can also I but it's almost like I I've been doing that for so long. I've been saying you know I, everybody brings up he's been here ten years and I said yeah well ten of those years are you know when they had literally the lowest, you know, pay rate, you know, they were not buying anything. And everybody's like, well, if you look at their salaries and I said, salary's not the whole picture. And it's not, it's not clearly the picture.
1: Yeah. Cause you were paying inflated salaries yeah. to like Joseph Nguyenia and stuff that no one else would pay, but because you had to have bodies. Yeah. That's not a good, good, <laughs> good to draw that out. It's not that's, and teams and, are not hiring an equal player on equal salary. There are conditions
0: and they were paying those salaries because MLS was giving them the money. They were not physically paying those salaries. So the salaries were inflated from twenty in twenty fourteen because they won the US Open Cup miraculously and they finished last. So they got money for being bad and they got money because they had money. to play in the chance play in the Champions League. So that's why you looked at their salary. If you look at their salary from them, year. I'm sure they were, you know, tenth, ninth, eighth probably, but it was the, you know, the, the unwillingness to pay transfer fees and, and, and things like that. Now that's why I look at, you know, I'm looking at middle of twenty seventeen to and 2017 was was a dead season when they made that move, but that was sort of the significance of of when the team finally stopped being, you know, we're broke, we're not paying any transfer fees. It's no, it's no secret that the highest transfer fees have all been in, like the highest transfer fees they've paid have all been in the past few seasons. Now some of that's from you know you can argue some of that's from MLS money too, you know the the uh, designated allocation money that they have and things like that still doesn't change the fact that they actually are willing they're willing to open the pocketbooks and there's certainly were players that they have that they were paying now out of their own pocket um but i realized like after this season i'm just you know i i i I almost went into like it's almost like it it became kind of like a a reflection of like well you know look at what happened you know lucha that was out of his control psg comes interested he gets you know regressed You know, Wayne Rooney plays well. You have injuries. The depth's not there. The depth's not there is the fault of the team. You know, you looked at a lot of players. And then I realized I'm just kind of throwing roadblocks. And that's why I'm kind of in the sense of, you know what, I'm tired of of making excuses at this point. Let's get someone else new. Let's get something different in there. Um, It's not going to happen. And that's probably the most depressing part is – it's not going to happen. Uh, it, ben Olsen, unless something crazy happens. I remember the last time we were like, oh, there's no way DC is going to get out of that Flow Sports deal. And then something crazy happened. So, but this uh, time, Ted, <laughs> this time it's true. Well, th- this time we've got, you know, reputable sources, so to speak, who are saying, you know, no one was talking about whether Flow Sports would, they would go away from Flow Sports until it happened. So
1: Right. I think Pablo might have said that it was unlikely. It was like yeah, Yeah. I have, a, I have a present for everyone here. Uh, if you all pay close attention to this slip I have right here, it's a FanDuel sports book slip that was for DC United to win the title in twenty nineteen. So I will now rip <laughs> this in half. That was two hundred and fifty dollars now that will no longer exist, that never actually existed. It was nine to one odds when I bought. So now uh, my feelings about the MLS are that uh the playoff games have actually been pretty good. Normally yeah. when my team gets eliminated from the playoffs, I think Oh, it's we'll been re- excellent quit on the entire concept of sports and then do other things. Uh, but I think I'll probably keep watching these games. We are, uh, you know, the season's over for us. I think we have some, you know, we have some, we have some season wrap up type things to do. There won't be news that happens. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sorry. I just wanted to ask which, which losses was more embarrassing. Is it DC United's loss to Toronto or was it Red Bull's loss to Philly? Which one's more embarrassing?
1: I don't know. I think they're both pretty damn embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> be, I think we they're we all need the bags on our heads. I think I think yeah. no one should be happy. The Atlantic Cup should just be uh, just be people sitting in the corner staring at the staring at the wall. I,
0: I will say I will say it's it's more embarrassing I think for New York just from the simple fact that they they have had a generation of talent with Bradley Wright Phillips with Wayne, with Terry Henry with Daniel Royer, all this incredible talent that has come to this team. And you had Jesse Marsh and you you won supporter shields and things like that. And you still have no MLS Cup for showing for it. You don't even have an MLS Cup appearance yeah. to show for it. I think that in and of itself is a little bit is a little bit more embarrassing. DC's been there. DC had a had a period in the nineties where they were successful. We won the cup in 04. We made the the the, the Eastern Conference final in, in 2012, you know, with, with an incredible win over over New York. 17. I think I think if you take the full the full history the full history of, of both clubs, I do think that the Rebels is more embarrassing. It's also more embarrassing in the fact that they had a 2 0 lead. They had Philly. On they the had ropes, him in the first half they had him on the ropes. You had one of the be- better goalkeepers in um, in in MLS for Philly, absolutely just fumbling that game away. He was atrocious, atrocious in that half, and they just they let Philly back into that game, and Philly punished them. Um, Philly punished them, um, so I think in that sense it's a little more, and it just sort of adds. They have a there, there is a reason Metro pay- playoff failure exists, and it's for games like that. So in that Great. sense. A little more embarrassing, I think. I think it was
1: a a great stat. Apparently, New York, the New York Red Bulls franchise has lost now in the playoffs 10 years in a row to 10 different teams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very cool stat.
0: And not only that, not only that, not only that, but you also were responsible for giving the team you were playing their first playoff win ever.
1: Double bonus. So yeah. did we allow the team playing us to set a new record in most goals scored in an extra time yes. uh, period in MLS playoff history? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Did we get a cool goal to send us to extra time that gave us all – we got a little bit of joy out of the game. That was yeah. kind of cool, right? Um, so we got that at least. You didn't get anything. You got a lead and then just, just threw it up. Uh, you know, a thing that doesn't matter at all, but is somehow affecting artists in 2020 – uh, Paul Ariel will miss the uh, miss the opener in 2020 because of his red card. Yeah, he
0: got a red. I completely forgot about that. He got a yeah, red card. Oops. He did get a red card.
1: Not great, not great, Paul.
0: <laughs> I was actually I, I was driving and I was listening on the radio. I turned on the radio like I was like, let me just see if the game's over. I don't know. I was I maybe just wanted to, like I got to hear the ending of the year. And then I, then said, I heard like I a second check,
1: please. when yeah. uh, when De Leon's goal went in oh, the goal. Oh yeah, check, please,
0: yeah. I, actually, I think I the fourth. Goal I was like, all right, let's get out of here. I think, and then I saw De Leon's go and I'm like, all right, now I'm really out of here, <laughs> really out, out of, of here. here <laughs> I'd already like cast my check out for hash time because I was like, I'm done. You know, I don't, I need to, you know, don't want to drink anymore, don't want to do anymore. So I'd I do want to drink
1: some more. I don't want to pay to drink anymore. I want to go home.
0: <laughs> exactly. uh, so
1: anyway, uh, Ted and I will figure out what we're going to do here in the yes. off season. We're definitely not going to do every week during the off season. That would be insane. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk sort of how we're going to do this um it's been a it's been a crazy season yeah. this is now end of end of year two uh, as a podcast which is wild to me what's the what number f are we on 80 uh, what
0: i think well i think i have 85 listed on here and but we've I, got
1: a bunch of half episodes too there yeah.
0: so who know, who knows for sure I, I think we're actually on episode 86 I, i'll have to go back it's either 85 or 86 somewhere around that range I'll either way it's a lot yeah that's, that's a lot each of those being about an hour plus There are people who have listened to every
1: single podcast and you people are nuts. And I love you for being so crazy. And there are other people who have gone back in time and listened to old episodes, which is sort of like reading old newspapers, which is crazy to me. Again, (laughs) I love it. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for... that's so many hours of your. Life. I don't want to listen to me talk that much, <laughs> and, and it's I great. Love listening to hear me. T- I love it. I I listen to myself talk, and it's still. still
0: it's still really crazy to me when I am like in places and people walk up to me and say, "Hey, you are Ted from RFK Refugees, right?" That's still very crazy to me. We actually had a Patreon come up, I think, and then I hope to God, hope to goodness I get his name right, um, but I believe it was David uh, showed up, um, to, 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 he, I think I posted on the, on the Twitter account that I was going to be at Gus's and he showed up. And so that's really cool. That's always really cool. When someone says, Hey, I subscribe, I subscribe to your podcast. You guys do an awesome job. So, um, you guys are the reason we did this. I, when we set out to do this show, I wanted to make a show, you know, for the fans, for the fans of, of the team, um, for the fans of this, of this show. And and you guys are what drive us uh, to keep, to keep doing more, to keep, to keep going
1: yeah so we're we're going to we're gonna we're gonna probably do some sort of a a larger scale season recap Mm -hmm. uh in the coming week or two i think maybe we'll do that and then we'll also look at sort of an off-season review um you know every every year we talk about how we're going to try to improve the show we're going to try to improve the show we're going to try to figure out ways that we can keep making the show better uh we're going to improve this video streaming platform i think we've gotten we're doing better yeah um we're trying to figure out how to make sure that we do not give you a flow sports experience, but yes. give you one that you actually enjoy watching. There are, there's literally someone right now, and I'm going to freak them out if they're still watching, Who's watching our podcast live on their large screen television in their living room. And they sent me a picture of it and I could see my face blown up on 65 inches on their television in their living room. <laughs> I did not like it. And we need to, we need to talk about this. Cause I, I we don't, I don't like that, but, um, we're gonna keep trying to make that part better. I think that there's a real value in the live show. We don't always get a lot of call in, but we do get some. We do get people watching the show and, and chipping in. I think it's fun that way. Uh, it makes it a lot more of a, the community aspect that we wanted to have when we made the show, right? I think it's mm-hmm. fun when Ted and I just talk to ourselves. We've done that. We did that for a whole season and a half. Um, but we do we do like it the best. I think when we can actually have other people's voices included because we get tired of us. So having you, having the listeners sort of give us sort of a, a different perspective, particularly if they're feeling the opposite way we are, which happens a lot of times where someone's really feeling still pretty good, or it actually feels worse about things than we do. I think it's, I think that makes for better, you know, better radio, better podcast. So keep listening, please. We're going to keep trying to make the show better. We're going to keep trying to find new angles and, and sort of, I think the people, what people like about the show is that we're just two dudes, Right. I don't think, not Ted, neither Ted or I are a tactical genius. We just watch this team like you do. We have feelings about it, and we try to keep it light and keep it funny. So that's yeah. sort of what we're going to keep continuing to do um, going forward, I think, until you know the wheels fall off. That's just, <laughs> we're never, you're never going to come to us and learn a whole bunch about tactics. It's not going to happen. You're going to hear about a weird player from 2009 on this show, and you're going <laughs> to your Ted and I are going to make a weird reference and that's that's what you're going to get. And if you, you keep listening to it, so you like it. So please keep doing that. We're not going to change.
0: By the way, if you haven't seen, go watch the uh, video MLS just put out on the 2004 Eastern conference final. Still one of the best games I have ever been to live um, in the stadium. Yeah, man. I guess that's it. I guess we're gonna wrap up the show. Um thank you all so much for listening. Patreon.com slash Refugees. if you want to donate to the show, twitter.com slash rfq refugees. Uh you can also check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Refugees Podcast. And uh we will catch you all next week. Sometime soon. Sometime <laughs> soon. Sometime soon. Vamos. Vamos.
1: She's happy on
2: She picks up all the pieces, she's going home Baby, I'm home, I'm home, I'm home Yeah, she's going home